Some of you are moving too fast. When you drive a car fast, you will crash. That's for sure. And some of you need to go a bit slower. When I said to Jonathan, I told him to stop thinking because basically it's a waste of time. You need to understand only God knows the end from the beginning. Which means that you need to be slow enough to get his plan for your life. And he is speaking all the time. Because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Only because of him. We have the forgiveness of sins. Which means now that we have the possibility. To hear directly from God. And we can hear his voice. This is very important for many of you. Even pastors here. You need to be very careful that you don't use your intellect or your mind or your theological training because even if you began in the spirit and you trusted and you started with a vision and a plan and a purpose God revealed that to you by his grace but the only way that's going to be accomplished and fulfilled is when you do it his way not your way which means you have to keep listening and for me to listen, I need to keep my mind still enough to hear that divine thought that comes from Him. The Bible talks about us being still. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says a very profound statement. It says there, Be still and know that I am God. If you also know another scripture, which again I hope you've read this, but maybe it hasn't impacted your life yet. But it says very clearly in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord. It doesn't say trust in your own understanding. It, says, it doesn't say trust in your own doctrines or your own theories or your own ideas. And some of you are Methodists. What we've heard today is testimonies of individual people in an individual point of time and each one has told you something that helped them in that journey but don't make that a method if you do that you're a Methodist you understand I'm not I don't want to insult anyone today but you must be careful because you take something like that and you make it religious there is no exact criteria like that when you want to do something serious those of you know me I don't know if anybody knows me here but I travel about 50 nations a year around the world I am doing more than Billy Graham or any great evangelist has ever done and I do that without raising funds I don't look for sponsors I don't look for help from anybody all I'm doing is doing what God is telling me to do. I'm in the right place at the right time, saying the right thing to the person in front of me. And because I do that, God keeps opening more and more doors. And nothing is stopping me. But if I decide I know better than God, it stops. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord. 
with all your heart. That means you've got to become like a little child. You've heard people say some things today, but you can hear them, but the spirit behind it is not childlike. It's not. And if you want to fulfill your destiny, you're not going to do it with your hammer and chisel. You're not going to do it by banging on the door and knocking the door down. It's not going to happen. And even God will resist you. Do you understand? Look at your nation. Look at the nations around. We've seen people come and they got lifted up in pride and God had to bring them down. Pride comes before a fall, the Bible says. And even if you start this journey today and you believe in God's purpose for your life, it doesn't mean that you can fulfill it. It's good to have a vision. It's good to have a picture on the wall when you've got a long way to go. Maybe you've never been to UK, but you can have a picture on the, on the wall of what it looks like. But you're not going there until you meet certain conditions. And when you qualify, you'll go there. When you pay the price, you'll go there. You don't get free tickets to UK. You might get one, but you don't get many. When somebody pays your air ticket, please ask them this question. Why are you paying my ticket? Because in Africa, there's a seriously evil thing in your country that when somebody pays your air ticket, they expect that to be returned in kind. And you will be paying back that air ticket four times over because that person will remind you again and again that they paid your air ticket. Especially when you're successful in the UK and you're making money. Corruption is in this country. It's got to stop. It's not just in the police force. It's not just in the government. It's in you. That's where it is. And until you remove that corruption in this country, this man is not going to be successful. You're the ones who need to repent. Not him. He's trying to push the boundaries. He's knocking on doors. And there's no crime in that. As long as God is directing him and he's trying to knock down doors that God has authorized him. After all, the Bible says, knock and the door will be opened. So you have to knock. If you don't knock, the door will never be opened. Seek and you shall find, the Bible says. So these are requirements, you understand? You can't sit back and expect your purpose just to happen. But you're going to have to hear God. And you're going to have to do it His way. And you're not going to look for a sponsor. You're not going to look for a teammate that's walking in sin. You're not going to line yourself up with somebody who's making compromises. You've already heard Him say that my country is promoting some very evil things. Well, I guarantee I'm not lining myself up with somebody who promotes wickedness. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. You understand? I do not support anyone who does anything contrary to the word of God. If you are doing that, well, you can walk your own path, but I'm not walking with you. You understand? We will separate. Because I have to walk my path. And I don't need your help. 
You understand? One with God is a majority. You make sure you're with God. Abraham Lincoln, one of the presidents of the United States of America, said this. He was losing the Revolutionary War. He had a battle and it wasn't going very well. And his captain came in and said to him, Sir, we are doing very badly out there. I think we're going to lose this battle. And he said to Abraham Lincoln, We need God on our side. And that may be your prayer today. But I suggest to you, you need to repent. And Abraham Lincoln answered his captain saying, We do not need God on our side. We need to be on God's side. There's a difference. I'm going to teach you how to pray. You don't pray for blessings. If you want to see a change in your country, this is how you're going to have to pray. I'm going to pray that anyone again who prays for blessings on their life, that God stands in your face until you repent. You never pray for blessings. God will bless you when you obey. But when you disobey, there are curses. If you read the Old Testament, this is that Moses taught us this. This came through the law. Come on, are you that outdated? You should know by now you never pray for blessings. And pastors are doing it all the time. Where are they getting that heresy from? Corruption is in the church. And if you want to fulfill your purpose in Africa, you're not going to do it until you remove corruption. It's got to start with us today. Now, there's no corruption in me. My children know it. When I come home and they see me, they don't see me getting in the flight. They don't see me complaining. They don't say, I'm not looking to, to take a rest. I'm the servant in the house. And they will see me doing jobs that no one would do normally. But I do them. Any job. And I'll run around and fix it. Of course, I haven't been there for two to three weeks, so it's understandable. But like I said, I'm trying to help you today. The scripture says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. Some of you are hypocrites and you don't realize it. I see you. What you do is you say to me, you trust God with all your heart, but you still lean to your understanding. You are a liar. You are promoting the wrong form of Christianity. That is not from God. I don't know what that is, but it's demonic. And you are causing your nation to compromise and live in sin. That's what you're doing. If you truly trust God with all your heart, then you refuse to consult your brain. You slow down. You keep your mind still and you make room to hear from God. 
You know, we had somebody say that we must consider everybody in a discussion in the home. I didn't hear it being mentioned that we're supposed to hear from God too. My children can hear God faster than you can think. And he will testify that when my, my, when my daughter stood up and shared about what it meant to walk with God and submission, it was anointed. And she wasn't trained in Bible school. I think Bible school is the true enemy of the church. When you go to Bible school, you will die. You will lose your anointing. You become plastic. You become mechanical. You become Methodist. And you're no longer being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by your stupid brain and your stupid theology. And your... By the way, this man... Where is he? Where's Jonathan? Hey, don't run away. You're supposed to ask me some questions. This man, I want to tell you something about this man. I've been coming to Africa now for 20 odd years. And there's not many people who listen to me. Most of them invite you once, I get a one-time invitation and then they close the door after that. When they see I'm not bringing money, I'm not bringing connection, and I'm not help, you know, I'm not doing something for them. <laughs> so that tells me a lot about your country. You understand? That's a message to me. I'm going to watch you. What you do defines you. So this man here, Jonathan, I don't call him Mr. Purpose. I'm going to check him out first. I'm going to call him Jonathan. Because I don't think he's a man of purpose until I've dealt with him. He's going to have to learn true repentance if he wants to walk with me. But this man is the only man I know who's bold enough to stand in front of you and call you stupid. And you seem to like him. Still, I did that. I got kicked out of a church. So you're more righteous than the church. Now, like I said, it says in the scriptures, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Check with him. Is this the right way? Is this what you want? Are you confirming that this is the right door? Even Jesus said to his own disciples, he said, lead us, and he taught them how to pray, by the way, not the way you pray, the way I pray. But he taught his disciples, he said, lead us not into temptation. Which means, don't open the door if on the other side I fall into sin. There are doors that you have to go through to fulfill your purpose. But on the other side is a man waiting to give you money. It's maybe a relationship which is not from God. There are people there who are ready to hijack you. And there are corrupt gentlemen and ladies in this room. I tell you, let me give you the definition of sin. Sin is anything contrary to God's perfect will for your life in thought, purpose, or action. 
You better get your connection with God working 100%. You know, in our country, we use Wi-Fi. Do you know what I mean by Wi-Fi? But when I first came to Africa, you weren't using Wi-Fi. You were using dial-up technology. You know what I mean? You had to have a modem. You had to connect. And it was kind of a lengthy process, and you heard all these noises that sounded like something was buzzing like a bee while the modem tried to connect. That's how some Christians are right now. They're making too much noise like a bee. They're trying to connect with God and you can hear their little modem trying to go crazy and connect. I'm talking to you now. You're a sinner. You're not walking with God. You're walking in the flesh. And you only dial up God when you get to a tragedy in your life. And I'm going to pray for trials, difficulties and hardships to increase in your life. Because they're the things that are going to launch you into the kind of dynamic relationship with God that you really need. So let me teach you how to pray. Because this is how you need to pray if you want to see a change in your life. You pray like this. You say, God, do not bless me. Do not help me. Do not have mercy on my life anymore. Don't do anything for me if I'm living in sin. <laughs> Instead, send the preacher, me, to come and talk to you. And tell you to repent. I didn't say confess, I said repent. Some of you don't know the difference between confession of sin and repentance. There's a doctrine going around in your country that says we don't even have to confess our sins. Well, if you want to end up in hell, you just believe that. <laughs> but if, on the other hand, you want to line up with me, I believe in true repentance. I believe in a changed life. That's why we're here today. Yes. We are here because... We believe if we do something we've never done before, we can change Africa. Yes. If you want something you've never done before, you're going to have to do something you've never done before. So if you tell me that repentance is not necessary, you are part of the problem. <laughs> you are getting in my way. Leave now because you're lukewarm. You are a sinner indeed and you will end up in hell. But if you understand the beauty of repentance. Repentance gives me a chance to change something before it's too late. Because Jesus is coming and on that day repentance is out. It's finished. So you've got to do all your repentance now so you can progress something. Every day you repent is a, a better day for you. Do you understand? Every day you change something in lining up with God. And you change something that, that God shows you, not that we see. You may not like certain things about Jonathan. You may not even like things about me. If you don't like him, you definitely don't like me. Okay? Because I'm worse than him. <laughs> but if you don't like something about me, I don't really care. I'm not looking for 
friends, I'm looking for enemies. <laughs> I define myself by my friends and my enemies. If you don't have any enemies, repent. <laughs> if everybody likes you, you are making a big mistake and you will not change this nation. You will not help Africa until you have enemies. Somebody has to not like you. Because you're walking in the truth. And when you walk in the truth, somebody won't like you. So don't tell me you're walking in the truth and everybody likes you because you're a liar. <laughs> so I'm trying to help you today. The scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your understanding. In all your ways, that's 100%. Not 50, not, nine, not just dial up. Everything you do, you need to be online. You need to have spiritual Wi-Fi. You need to be connected. People don't believe that today. I'm not sure Miles Monroe would agree with what I'm saying. You understand? But Miles Monroe does not have all revelation. The scripture says, if you do all this that I've just said, he will direct your paths. You will fulfill your destiny. Because you don't have authority to be something that God is not allowing you to be. You can't just go and be something out there that you choose. You can't just go out there and make money. It would destroy you. The love of money has destroyed many people. Good men. Good pastors. Good leaders. Look at your country. Look at the countries around here. How many started in you? I can name names. I can tell you leaders and people in your country who started in humility and were humble and served God and were determined to walk the truth. But when money came along, what did they do? I can give you names. Well, I'm not going to give you that after because I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your sin today. <laughs> now, I'm from the UK. You understand? So you invited me to come. By the way, he hasn't paid my air ticket yet. So pray for him. That's one of the questions I need to ask him. So I'm not here to... I'm here to tell you the truth. So I'm not trying to make friends. I'm trying to make enemies. The message is clear. Repent or die. You know, you're, you're talking about purpose. You're talking about family life. You're talking about doing the things of God. And that's important. But if you don't actually repent, if you don't change, nothing is going to happen in your life. You're going to get bunged. You're going to get in a traffic jam. Because... You have to keep changing. None of us here in this room is perfect. Do you understand this? If you are perfect, well then you need to be standing up here telling people what to do. 
But if you're not perfect, then listen to me. What I'm telling you is, I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling. That's what I'm doing. And I know I'm not where I should be. I have a beautiful home. I have four children. I've done things that man could not imagine doing in one lifetime. I've gone to 50 countries of the world. I'm not there shopping. I'm not there to do some sightseeing. I've served. And I've never asked God to bless me. I say, God, this is it. This is, what I, this is how I pray. I say, God, do not bless me. Only bless me if I do your perfect will. Then bless me. I didn't say his permissible will, which is what you want. Because you're looking for gray areas. You're looking for ways out. You're looking for the, the broad road. You know, I'm looking for the narrow way. Because I know the narrow way leads to life. Which means you have to deny yourself completely and take up your cross. So I'm telling you this. This man here may have begun right, but it doesn't mean he's going to finish. Until he builds the kind of foundation that he needs to complete that journey. And I can help him. But it doesn't mean that he will listen. And it doesn't mean you're going to listen. You may have your own ideas. And you may ignore that wisdom and maturity because you listen to your own mind. Well, let me tell you a very important truth now. Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, never, never consulted his own mind. He never did it. So if you do that, you're not in Christ. You're not following Christ. You're not of Christ because Christ never did that. You are of some other spirit. You are of the devil because you consult your mind and you do what you want. And that's what the devil did. In the beginning which caused the fall of man. That was the original sin. I call it the sin of Satan. So the next time you decide to make a decision based on the things that you know and consult yourself. You are a worker of Satan. It's the chief sin. If you look at all the misery in your life. The misery that's happened in your life is because you used your mind to make a decision and later you found out it wasn't good. And now you regret that decision and you're trying to get somewhere else and you're trying to find your way and you're trying to... It won't work. You must humble yourself under a mighty hand of God, as the Bible says. Admit that you don't trust him. Admit it. Don't sit there and give me some lemon juice Christianity. <laughs> Trust him and say, Father, I don't care if I have to suffer. Do you know one of the biggest mistakes in Africa is this? You have a fear of suffering. That's what you have. You're living with it. I see it on your faces. There is no life without suffering. It's not possible. Don't listen to the American gospel. Don't listen to this foolish idea that you can live a life without suffering. It's not possible. It's a lie. 
I know there are big churches here who promote that, but look at the fruit of those people who go to those churches. And just ask yourself this question. Are those people changing Africa or making Africa worse? You don't let the fear of suffering control you. What you do is you let God control you. My Lord and Savior is my example, and he did two things. One, he never consulted his own mind. And secondly, he never was afraid of suffering. This is what he did. He had all authority. He had the angels at his command. And yet he emptied himself. He took on the form of a servant. I mean, here's the king of kings, the lord of lords, the, the one who created the universe. That's what we believe as Christians. This is the lord of lords in human form. Maybe you don't agree with me, but this is what we believe. And yet he humbled himself. Put himself in a physical body just so he could die. Do you know when he got on that cross, he said one thing. When he finally died, he said, it is finished. He wasn't referring to the finished work of Christ like some of you believe. I think you're very stupid if you believe that doctrine. What he was referring to, the fact that he finished his race. He completed the work that the Father had assigned to him. And he said, it is finished. I intend to say the same words when I complete my life on this earth. And nothing will stop me as long as I keep listening to God and doing it his way. Even if I get in prison. You know, Paul, here's Paul the Apostle. I could go on endlessly, but just an example. What about Paul the Apostle? The great man of God, trapped in prison. How could he possibly fulfill his calling? He's in prison. But because of that prison, because of the chains that he wore, he wrote the New Testament. If he was not in that prison, do you know what he would have done? We wouldn't have a New Testament. He would have gone to the churches. He wrote many times. He said, I am coming to you. I desire to come to you. He wrote that many times. But it wasn't God's will. It wasn't the plan. The plan was for him to stay in prison and suffer. So that he slowed down and wrote those letters that now form the most important document that defines Christianity. Maybe some of you would like to know the answer to this question, and I can answer it for you. You might wonder why Great Britain conquered the entire world. We own more space on this planet than any other nation. And we didn't conquer nations. Well, maybe we did. I don't know. You look into the history. But the United Kingdom, at one time, there was a saying about the British that the sun doesn't set on the British Empire. You know, it was the sun was shining somewhere on our controlled area. And you may be jealous of that or you don't like that. I'm not trying to be a colonialist. I'm just telling you the facts. <laughs> 
I'm not proud of that era. You know, I'm not boasting. I'm, I'm just telling you facts. But you've got to learn a lesson. And the lesson is, why did that happen? Why did he allow a little country like this, that here they are in the middle of the ocean, not even part of mainland Europe, we got sea between France and UK, hallelujah. That kept a lot of people out. But here we are in a little country. Why? What was it that made that possible? Because that's a God thing. That's a God thing. Because no country, no, no, not even the Greek Empire was as great as the British Empire. So what happened? Well... If you want to stay afterwards and talk to me, I'll tell you how and what made that British Empire. I'm not telling you now because you want to rush off. I have before me today some books, serious books. In Africa, people don't like books. But if you want to fulfill your destiny, you're going to have to read. <laughs> The person who doesn't read will not fulfill their destiny. I don't know what you're going to become. You're just going to become lazy. Stupid, as he calls you. <laughs> I didn't say it. He said it. So if you don't get books and start studying, and I don't mean with your mind. Somebody said, your mind has to be renewed. How are you going to do that? Are you going to do that with your own intelligence? Are you going to do that by talking to other people? Who are you going to talk to? I mean, let's say if you talk to the best, best brain surgeon. By the way, I'm an engineer by background. I have a doctorate degree. I have a PhD, sorry, PhD and a basic degree. I've even studied New Testament Greek just for fun. I was one of the top, top engineers in the railway industry. They paid me. At the end of that time, I was being paid about $1,000 a day. I wrote a report to the Prime Minister, just so you understand. I quit that job because it wasn't my calling. My calling was to stand in front of you and tell you to repent. That's my calling. <laughs> so these books you need to buy, these are things that are going to change you and help you to fulfill your destiny. Which means you have to keep listening to God. But how are you going to renew your mind if your own mind is also corrupted and chased with all kinds of theories and opinions about things colored by your own traditions and your African way of doing things and then at the same time everybody else you talk to has an opinion about something. How are you ever going to get free? You're not going to do it. You're just going to end up debating. You end up arguing with somebody and you begin to become more and more confused. There's only one, way, one person you need to talk to. It's not me. It's God. And if you want to renew your mind, you don't do it by reading Bible. That's not going to help you. What you do is you have to hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you through the Bible. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Reading the Bible can make you brain mad. Because the more you read, the more you know, the harder and more proud and 
puffed up you become. But the humble will inherit. The, the ones who are meek will inherit the earth. That's what my Bible tells me. And some of you don't like that idea. You want to be strong. You want to be aggressive. You're not going to make it. There's boundaries for what I'm talking about. There's a way to do things, but it's not with your human flesh. You're going to have to kill that old nature. If you don't do that, you're wasting your time here today. So I have some books that will help you. Jonathan's coming to ask me some questions in a minute, but anyway. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to help you have a closer walk with God. Do you understand? I mean that you hear God all the time. You live in the Spirit. You abide in His presence. And this is how I know I'm in His presence. Let me tell you some information here. I know I'm walking with God because I don't need somebody to tell me I'm nice. I don't need anyone to encourage me. I'm well encouraged. I know I'm right. And I know you need to repent. But I have that encouragement constantly from the Holy Spirit in me. And I hear His voice all the time. Not only that, when I'm trying to do something, the Holy Spirit is bringing verses to my mind. Without any warning, I hear something that's going to change my life. Daily, I feel that wonderful peace. The peace that passes all understanding. This peace the world cannot give you. One time I was flying, I was, going, I was in India. I was up there in the northern part of India. And I was flying to Hong Kong. And the airline I chose was a little bit dodgy. And I was in the aircraft and everybody was panicking as this airline went up and down the runway six times trying to take off. And the engines roared and it looked like he was going to take off and suddenly puts the brakes on and stops at the under, end of the runway and turns around again. He did it six times. There was another British man on the airplane. I was the other British man. And the rest were from Bangladesh. That might give you a clue to what airline I'm talking about. <laughs> But all this British man began to bang on the captain's door, asking the captain to come out. He wanted to leave the aircraft. <laughs> he was very stressed. And everybody looked at him, and they looked at me. And I was sitting back in my chair, relaxing <laughs> in the Holy Ghost. And a crowd started to develop in the aircraft because they said to, they looked at me and they looked at him. And they said to me, sir, what is wrong with you? Why are you not like your friend? You know, you use that, you use that term a lot here in Africa. You say, this is my friend, but I don't even know your name. <laughs> You're not my friend until you obey the Holy Ghost. You understand? So this man up the front was banging on the captain's door. And the captain came out and told him, Sir, you must sit in your seat. He said, No. 
I want off this aeroplane. I am going to die, he said. So the captain said, well, you can try to get off this aeroplane, but we are in a military zone. If you get off this aircraft, they will shoot you. And the man looked at the captain and he looked at the door. And he said, I'll take my chances. The captain opened the door for him and he went down the steps. And he decided to stop on the last step and sat there. For what reason? I have no idea. Maybe he, maybe he liked the mosquitoes biting him. He eventually got back in the plane and we took off. And the man next to me said, do you know that this aircraft took off last year and disappeared in the Ganges? I said, sir, you can be sure of one thing. This plane is going where it's supposed to go today. Because I prayed and the Holy Ghost told me to get on this plane and I intend to get to where I'm supposed to go because God has already got an appointment for me in Hong Kong. <laughs> You've got to work with the divine will. Stop making plans for yourself, please. Stop telling God what to do and start doing what God is telling you to do. You don't have any authority to tell God anything. You understand? God is not your slave. He's not your servant. You came here to do something which you don't even know what it is right now. <laughs> and you are never going to fulfill that purpose unless you find out what that plan is. And even if you found out what that plan is, you will mess it up with your stupid brain. <laughs> Let God reveal one thing at a time. Your job is to learn how to live your life. So today, I have an excellent book for you. Really help you. It says this. The three infallible witnesses. This 